Right, welcome to the first episode of Hodlers, the Hodlers podcast, MCR Trading, with um, our co-host, NFT Dad. He's on Twitter, TikTok, um, everything. And we've got our guest today, um, Bergie. He's the founder of Reef Game, and he does a little, a few of the little projects, and we're just going to talk about his career, what he's doing, and Reef Game, explore all the play-to-earn stuff, and just discuss the general NFT markets. Um, so let's get right to it. Let's go. Beautiful. All Sounds right. Yeah, welcome. Let's dive into it. Of course, um, anyone that's that's listening to, the, to this, you could just go straight to the white paper uh, and and read uh, in depth with what's happening, the work that Bergy and his team have put in on Reef Games. Uh, but but first, we want to start out and and you know uh, give Bergy a chance to describe Reef Games NFT for us, just an overview, high level overview uh, for for everyone listening today. Gosh, I have a script, but I'm just going to go off script for a little bit. Um, so Reef Game is a project that has a mission to help save the coral reefs on the planet. Um, we really wanted to build a business model around making a difference in the world. Uh, I've been in the blockchain and NFT space for a while now, uh, you know, as a collector and now as a project founder. Um, we saw that there was a lot of projects out there that were doing rug pulls on people. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of negativity out there. So we're passionate about the space, we're passionate about the communities, and uh, we wanted to kind of have a, a little bit of a different angle, you know, um, not promising a dream, uh, but promising that we can help save the world a little bit with our project. Uh, uh, you know, as long as we can get people in and investing, uh, we're going to be committing 10% of the initial mint proceeds to coral restoration uh, with our confirmed beneficiary down in Tahiti. Um, I, I created a relationship with uh, the coral gardeners of Tahiti. They're one of the world's best coral foundations. They're actually growing uh, coral on grids underwater. I think, and I don't want to be uh, misquoted on this, but I think they're planting around 15,000 pieces of coral uh, in the near future. Um, wow. But you can uh, find out more on their website at coralgardeners.org. Uh, our contact down there, Aviv uh, Brender, is uh, is a great guy, and we are one of the first uh, corporate partners in their We the Reef program. So we're really flattered that they considered us to join that. Um, but anyway, we we're, we're trying to shine a light on the potential to build a future under ethical emerging tech is what we're calling it, where you can actually build a business model uh, around making a difference in the world, where you can actually make that a part of your model and still have a for-profit entity where, uh, you know, the developers and the team and everything can participate, continue to earn as they maintain, and also continue to provide value for, for the project and the holders. Um, you know, that's the dream that we set out to do six months ago. We started this in November of last year, um, and it's been, it's been quite an undertaking. You know, I initially kind of took this on as a passion project. But uh, it's it's really uh, evolved into something that's been taking up the majority of my time, um, and for better or worse. Um, but uh, but it really does require a lot of commitment to get a project off the ground. So for anybody that's considering this, you know, outside of uh, you, you know uh, just launching a PFP, for instance, or some generative artwork, uh, you know, if you really want to build a community, if you really want to make a difference, and if you really want to build a product that's very compelling. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely going to be a commitment and it's becoming more competitive as I think most uh, collectors and things in the space have uh, been observing, you know, you're getting bigger budgets in and, and so on and so forth. But anyway, our mission is to save the reef. Back to your initial question. 
uh, what we've built is a, uh, an interactive uh, visualizer in browser. Uh, it's like a full coral. It's almost like having a fish tank in your browser, if you will, except all of the assets in there are NFTs. So our metaverse land is the coral reef. Uh, all of the coral reefs are fully generative. So everybody's uh, reef is unique. There's uh, different assets. You've got the left portion, the middle portion, the right portion, and all of those are different kinds of coral, fully animated. Um, you have the foreground. There's foreground elements. You have the background as well. Like we have sunken ships and we have, uh, you know, um, we're still finalizing some of the collabs. So don't quote me on all these, but um, we have other project artwork. Like, for instance, we might have a magic mushroom sunken statue that's crumbling in the background. Um, but we do want to kind of bring in some of these fun, uh, you know, memes. Uh, do we have Doge and we have a board ape statue and, and different things like that. You know, uh, I think if, if you want to have a successful project these days, it's always nice to include other communities and, and collaborate as much as possible. So we're trying to get uh, creative on the artwork front and, and really do that. But basically, the product in, in phase one is you, there, we have 10 different species types that are fully animated across four different rarity scales. Uh, everything from angelfish at the bottom all the way up to reef sharks, hammerhead sharks. We have a great white shark coming out, and then you have commons, rares, uh, elites, and then legendaries amongst those. So we just decided that we were going to create 40 NFT projects in one, basically, or <laughs> you could say 10 maybe with 10 different species types. Um, this isn't your simple, uh, let's replace an XY coordinate on some sunglasses and put it through the Hashlips engine, which is a great one if you're looking to, to, to find generative art engines. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we, we built a, an engine that allows us to apply different colors and body types to each of the fish species across 8 to 16. Actually, with the upcoming clownfish that's actually swimming in and out of an anemone, it's going to be one that's barred to the floor as one asset type that has up to 40 frames of animation. So we had to build our generative animation engine to recolor all 40 frames oh, wow. and reattribute different body parts to all of those frames. So you can imagine why it might have taken six months uh, to do so. So we really set out to be something unique and special in the world. And, and uh, we're hoping that the market will respond even in you know dire market times like right now. Um, you know, we're, we're kicking ourselves a, a little bit on, on the timing of everything. But, hey, you know what? I mean, it is what it is. We're dedicated to the project regardless of what's going on. And we're just going to have to see it through and we'll see what happens. And uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll go, yeah. go ahead. Some more questions. I keep going, you know. Yeah, no, this is as you're describing that. I'm like, this is way more fun than reading the white paper. And uh, I have to ask, um, you know, what separates this project from the multitudes of projects out there? And you've just described that, you know, from your typical PFPs and the projects that, you know, we've seen come and go by, you know, the hundreds, it seems. Uh, you've described everything that sort of separates this. But I have to ask, in, in your describing this, why coral? Like, are you a surfer? Is it, is, are you part of a community of people that really, you know, recognize the health of, you know, ocean life? You know, what, 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 you know, caused you to arrive at Coral as, you know, that really main, that big differentiator amongst all the other, you know, pieces and, and uh, you know, Great question. Project. yeah. 
Yeah, um, totally. So, I mean, when I was a kid, uh, you know, we used to go on trips with the family. Um, I'm a big family guy. I'm at my family's house every Sunday having dinner and talking about, uh, you know, the world and everything. And I, I'm a big fan of uh, family values. Um, but uh, we, we, uh, we would go on different trips. And my dad was actually a certified diver up in Duluth, Minnesota. He used to uh, dive in Lake Superior in the freezing cold water. And so he wanted to uh, teach his kids to, you know, under to go in, in the in the water and the sea. We went on this trip off the coast of Florida in the Caribbean one time on a uh, on a uh, a sailboat. I forget what a catamaran, big cat. And we went out there and we were just snorkeling. But uh, that was my my first experience was going diving underwater and seeing. I mean, it's it's almost like if you haven't been, it's like being on. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Avatar when all the things are kind of floating around you and they're glowing, but it really opens up your eyes that there are uh, incredible worlds of other creatures that are coexisting with us on this planet that, that have these, these remarkable lives and, and, and they're in their ecosystems that they're all include, you know, with and in tune with and, and, and the balance and all that. It's just, it's, 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 it's beautiful to see if you've ever seen it. And, you know, I, uh, I, I ended up, you know, snorkeling a little bit, you know, here and there. But I went diving in Hawaii uh, probably 15, 20 years after that. And I was alarmed with how much uh, the, the, the underwater coral environments had changed. Yeah. And for me, it was kind of devastating because I was going to I was doing my first dive trip. I was lucky enough to be. Um, on a uh, on a trip in, in Oahu, and uh, no, this was in Maui, and uh, they had these intro shore dives. My cousin was working for a company called CDW, and he went and he got a trip with the company, and he's like, Brent, you want to come out? All you got to do is buy a plane ticket. I got the whole thing comped, so it was really cool. And and we did this intro dive, but yeah, it was it was pretty devastating seeing even in a beautiful remote place like Hawaii how much of the coral had been bleached and uh, deteriorated, and so on and so forth. A lot of which is happening because of the uh, the oceans warming. So I, I was I was uh, fascinated by this. You know, I I did a lot of research on it. I watched Chasing Coral, um, and and came to find out that you know it, it's, it's it's sad to 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 know this, but that there's a real chance that coral could be extinct by the end of the century, um, yeah. which is really immediate. You know, um, and. Uh, I think we have an opportunity to make a difference uh, if we have the right minds, the right uh, uh, funding and things like that working on it. And luckily, there are a lot of people out there that can afford to spend more time than, than, than myself doing this full time and, and being underwater and making a difference. So um, I'm a, a certified paddy diver uh, now. I've been diving down in Tahiti. I was lucky enough to go down there. And see what's going on it's still beautiful down there you know being one of the more remote places the, the more remote you get you, you get to experience some of that uh that that uh pure coral reef experience that still exists um right now but um yeah i mean i, I i'm super passionate about that if, if anybody has a chance to watch chasing coral i would urge you to go and check out that show it's on netflix but it's very informative and, and kind of uh, helps you understand how dire the, the crisis is and how much coral is being bleached on an active basis. So I, I think it's a pretty noble cause. I'm a big environmentalist. Like I like donating to those causes and charities uh, personally, and, and I'm just a big fan of animals. I've always been a big fan of animals. Um, I have one more little story on this front. I'm sorry. I hope I'm not no, going too long. No, that's completely fine. As long as you want, go for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> cool. 
Um, thank you. And so I was, uh, I, I had an opportunity to go back to Hawaii and I was diving off the coast of Oahu and um, I was with the instructor and we're underwater and the instructor's going like, look, look over here, you know, it's all sign language underwater. And sure enough, there was this little octopus that went and it hid underwater in like this little crevice. I mean, it was like this big, but it somehow managed to get in there. So he's like, all right, let's swim over here. And then we're going to look over here. So I'm like, okay, so we go over and swim over there. And the little octopus peeks its head out and almost like a, like a, you know, a squirrel or something that's looking to, you know, is, is, is the coast clear? So it peeks out and then it shoots off. And the instructor, he, he had these, these fins on it. He was so fast. He just sped right up to the octopus and he grabbed it. And uh, the octopus was obviously very scared. I, I didn't, I didn't like that interaction, um, but it started inking in front of us. And, and he was just putting his hand in front of the octopus so that it couldn't get away. Cause they can kind of, they, you know, what direction they're going, you know what I mean? They're, they're doing this kind of movement. So all he had to do was put his hand like this and the octopus started just calming down. And then it was like, okay, I'm not in danger. And, and this thing's looking at us and it's studying us just as much as we're studying it. And you can, you can tell very quickly, um, you know, if you watch my octopus teacher, for instance, that, that's probably the closest that I can, I can describe having a relationship with a, with a creature. Like you just, you realize the intelligence of this thing. And it was, it was crawling in my hands and looking at me and it was changing colors. And it was, it was one of the most, I, I got to go into the changing colors. It, it's like holding bioluminescence, like to see the microscopic patterns. Like it's like holding a galaxy of stars in your hand. I it's see. the best way that I can describe, wow. describe it. An image would never do it justice. A video of it could never do it justice. I would urge you, if you have an opportunity, to please go on an intro dive and just go experience this. But, you know, it was another one of those moments for me when I realized that there's so much more going on than what we're doing walking around on God's green earth and, and worried about our day to day and the rat race and all those things. There, there are just all of these. I mean, there's like an alien life form, if you will, completely dependent on the choices that we're making. You know, if we're using plastics and, if, you know, if we're treading on the environment and so on and so forth. So it's just it's just another reminder for me that like this is an area that I would like to focus if I have the time, if I have the money and things like that. And I'm hoping, you know, that I can be successful enough to continue to do that or maybe spend more of my time actively making a difference. So it's amazing. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Before I pass the next question over to you, Leon, I just, I just want to ask yeah, one more follow-up because it's so, it's so fantastic. So, you know, you had, you've had these experiences, um, obviously, you know, you know, sort of life-changing experiences. You, you, you have this passion for, you know, the environment and, you know, this, this idea that, you know, we're, we're not this sort of selfish creatures, you know, that we are, that humans tend to be and destroying a lot of our, our uh, natural habitat around us. You know, how do you, how do you sort of convey that message in, in your, you know, reef games, the NFT project? Is it, did you, did you do a ton of research, obviously on the coral and, and the parallels are fairly obvious, but you've got these fish coming in. Do you, do you also have, you know, uh, you know, sort of true to form knowledge about the fish that are cruising through and, and sort of the ecosystem piece. Like, so maybe take us through, like, what, what, what are you hoping that the holders and the, the people that are investing in this project will sort of pull from, you know, they don't know you, they might not read the white papers. Hopefully they'll watch this awesome recording, but <laughs> once they're in, immersed in, in the world you're creating, you know, how are they going to connect maybe with the experiences you've had? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, you know, we're trying to make this like an edutainment kind of play. 
with, with, with the gamification of everything. Wait, so we have a fishypedia where you can go in and you can learn about the fish, how they interact with their normal environment, some of the things that are special about them in real life, and then, you know, ways that we can help make a difference. And then also you'll see like in-game attributes and things like that for yeah. the fish species as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. The education piece is there because, of course, you know, when you actually learn about something that you don't know anything about, I think how many people have never been in the ocean or never, you know, they're stuck in there, you know, I don't concrete. know a thing about it. Not on that. It doesn't matter, right? But yeah, over to you, Leon. Next yeah, question. so um, you mentioned about your team and how you've got a strong team um, behind you. And I also saw on Reef Game website that you're um, the lead game designer. Do you, what does that role entail? And I'm guessing you, do you have a game design background or are you just going into this like completely out the dark? Yeah, so I actually took some game development and design courses in college at the Art Institute of California where I went to school, it was a tech oh, wow. school. Um, and I have a lot of friends that have gotten involved in different companies like Activision and Blizzard and stuff like that. So um, traditionally, no, I don't have actual professional experience as a game designer. Um, so I, I will be completely transparent and we, we, we are no, being completely no. transparent with this team, which I think is, uh, which is, is a bonus, you know, I think we're that's not, key, not... especially in the market at the minute with all the rug pulls and like undocks teams and stuff like that is, it's probably key. That's like, what that is a utility in its own being like as transparent as possible. That'll bring yeah, a lot of organic growth. It's obviously, it adds some vulnerability uh, to Oxygen yourself, but you know, it is what it is. Like we're, we're sticking to our guns on what we're doing and we're not, uh, we're not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. <laughs> so, you know, it makes it a little bit easier, but yeah, you know, you never know where you're navigating in the, uh, in the depths of the internet and uh, the metaverse. So, uh, you know, we hope that the good people respond. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, like to your point though, I, I, I'm, I'm a big lover of games. I've been playing games since I was a kid. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I've studied, uh, games to, to some degree and read some books and different things like that. And, uh, um, it's always been a, an area of, of immense interest for me. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that reef game is, is going to be a bridge into, uh, further game development, um, and other IP that we're hoping to build, uh, down the line, uh, yeah. as well. And I've also developed, uh, interactive experiences for large brands like DreamWorks, uh, oh, wow. super and, uh, so we've done a lot of development there. Uh, Chiquito, we built like an online playground with different mini games and designer on sticker generators and like all sorts of fun uh, items like that. So I, I do have a lot of experience delivering on interactive experiences for brands. Um, so I think that that definitely gives me a leg up. We're not just kind of like going into the unknown over here. And also, you know, NFTs and, and, and NFT gaming is an emerging space, right? There wasn't an NFT game 24 months ago, right? So, I mean, like, who, who's really an expert on NFT games right now? Like, whoever is the, the number one game? Yeah, maybe. But how long have they been doing that? Um, that being said, I think a lot of, like, the, you know, game architecture uh, can and does apply. So it's nice to have the, those kinds of things. But, you know, we, we, we have 12 to 14 people. You know, this isn't uh, a seven-figure funded project. This is a smaller project, you know, and uh, and we're doing our best to kind of make a difference and make some fun concepts that really relate to NFT collectors, like breeding mechanisms and, and staking mechanisms and different things like that. Um, so, so yeah, it's not, um, we're not making the next World of Warcraft. No, yeah, I completely <laughs> understand that. Yeah, you don't have seven-figure back into make a game like that either, um, I'm guessing at least. 
Um, but yeah, going back to um, like the play to earn and breeder machine, how will how will the breeder machine work, and how will that like benefit the users, and how will the staking work? Yeah, so we're actually doing uh, some updates to the white paper. There's been some like macro market uh, uh, conditions on the play to earn front that I think uh, we're kind of moving away from that moniker right now. I think that there's a bit of a misconception out there around play to earn. It's like, if I play this game, I can pay my mortgage. <laughs> and I, we want to move away from that kind of adage because yeah. to, to make those kind of statements, I think would disappoint anybody and anybody that's promising anybody that you can do something like that is, is, is kind of like, you know, rug pulling you a little bit. So yeah, no, I, I think, I think initially when we started the project in November, there was a lot of play to earn NFT games that were popping up that were pretty fascinating at the time. You know, we could go back to Wolf Game. I don't know how yeah, familiar you guys are. Yeah, concept. But, you know, I had a few sheep in Wolf Game. And, I mean, they earned, they were earning me $1,700 a week and and and, uh, and wool and all of those kinds of things. So that was pretty interesting uh, back then. But if, if you look at what happens with the majority of these play-to-earn economies is that it's a race to the bottom and the holders end up being disappointed. So what we're going to be doing now is, uh, is a utility uh, token for Coral. Um, so okay. we are still going to have uh, uh, coral earnings, but you're going to be using those for different in-game features, right? It's not sp supposedly something where you're just going to be able to sell this on the decks and make $10,000 because you have coral. So, uh, we, you know, it, it again, emerging space, emerging tech, sit, learn, adapt, and, you know, and when you're in the startup mode, you have to tack based on, on the market conditions. And you have to do what's going to be best for the people that are going to be, um, I, 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 I don't want to say investing per se, but, you know, th these people are, are, are planning on having something special for, for the long term. So, you know, and I think it's important, even though that that was something that we were that we were interested in early, uh, you know, you do have to tack in this space and you do have to to uh, to make the right choices on behalf of your community. And I hope that, uh, you know, our, uh, our community members will be understanding on that front. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, a perfect sort of segue to, you know, your marketing strategy, the accessibility of your project. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your strategy there? We've noted that you've got a pretty, uh, achievable 0.3 mint price and you've got some free whitelists going out. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, so just tell us a little bit about the, the thought process behind uh, that accessibility. I know it's a bit insane right now in the market. You know, one, no one really wished for this, but I think you've yeah. got something that's really, you know, matches uh, with what you just described. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, we wanted to make this accessible for people. Um, we're actually, we're doing the free PFP mint on May 25th for our sea otters and the sea otters, uh, as the, uh, the, the, the story would go, they are true stewards of the reef. And they actually are good for the reef ecosystem as a whole. So we thought it was kind of a fun, cute character that people could collect. Um, and uh, to reward our early holders, uh, we are we are making uh, all whitelisted uh, people on the project. Um, we are we are letting them mint those sea otters for free. That is so super cool. uh, the artwork is super cool, cool as well, by the way. Oh, yeah, thank you look, so much. Really I, I, I love to show some of that stuff. Um, so it's not just my face the whole time or our faces, but yeah, don't uh, worry. Yeah. I'll, I'll show them up on uh, YouTube. Don't worry. Okay. Amazing. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, we do have really great art, a really great art team and really great devs. And, uh, we were able to put that together in just a couple of weeks, really. 
Um, and we plan on doing some other sneak surprises and things like that, shock drops, uh, uh, if you will, um, ongoing. I, you know, the more I've learned about the NFT space and the communities that drive these projects, it's really all about the community. So our focus has 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 gone to prioritize the community more and more over the development lifeline of the project. So I think this is just really like the 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 Sea Otter Mint is is our way of saying thank you to our early adopters and people that believe in our project. Um, and we wanted to reward them accordingly by giving them something cool. Beautiful. Um, Leon's going to grab these next few questions, but I just want to check in. It's five thirty-two. You good for a few more questions before you make a run for it, Bergie? Yeah, totally, totally. I'm, 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 I'm comfy. We're good. Nice, good. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, you did. Um, pushing into like just the NFT market in general. Um, obviously, we're in a bit of a bloodbath. Crypto stocks, everything, inflation, interest, everything is just dying at the minute. Um, just wait to see your like general outlook on the markets right now and like um, projects that are around right now. Like if you didn't, if you saw like Azuki had a massive, um, massive release on that. Um, we saw the the founder he owned up to owning three projects in the past that turned out to be like meant to be rug pulls and price flopped. Um, we've had um, we've had a few others as well. What's your just general outlook on the NFT market at the minute, and where do you think? Like, where do you see NFTs and like uh, utilization in like three to five years from now? Uh, okay, good question. Yeah, so I mean, mm, okay, so the market is small, right? <laughs> I, I think like I think that you know like anybody that's planning on investing in this market should be very cautious. You know what I mean? If you're using this as an investment vehicle right now, like I would say that these are very uncertain times. And unless you have like a little bit of a budget to to play in this space and act like a collector and ride with the swings. And you're doing it for fun and 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 that's your intention like that's that's what you should do right now in, in times like this that's fine but i mean if you're really looking to make investments there, there, there are a lot of ways to look at it i mean i think it's warren buffett that said be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy so you could go down that route as well and, and we can see how that works i think that in any market where the barriers to entry are lower like nfts for people to make a pfp for instance or share photography or something like that it can be a race to the bottom that being said there are still going to be outliers that do things that are interesting that can get a uh, a communal support so i would liken the nft market to starting a band uh you know some bands are going to make hit songs and people are going to get on board and they're going to want to spend money on that band and their and their shows and their concerts some bands are just going to suck just because you have an instrument and you want to go and stand in front of people and scream at the top of your lungs. It doesn't mean anybody's going to want to listen to you. So I, I'd say that the NFT space is very much like that right now. In terms of the market conditions, I mean, obviously, uh, Putin's, uh, Putin's raid on Ukraine uh, has put a damper on that, Actually, yeah, that's another big one that's happening right now as well. Yeah. The rising uh, inflation in the U.S. and all the money that we've been printing, uh, you know, is another major concern. And, you know, market cycles are hard to time. You know, they happen every every 10 or so years. Uh, you know, we had the word, the bad one in 08. Now we're having another bad one uh, from the pandemic. And, and now we're having another one, an echo from that in 2022. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of fear in the markets right now. Uh, I think that if we uh, do avoid a, a larger scale war with Russia or world powers, I think we're going to be okay. Um, there is a lot of money in circulation right now. There's more money in circulation than ever. 
the trick is really for the governments to put the money into the pockets of the people in uh, in the in you know on Main Street um, and to raise the 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 amount of pay to keep up with the pace of inflation. So the the, the issue right now is that money's locked up in a lot of different pockets, and then when people get scared, they pull their money out, they put it into savings, and it sits there. Mm-hmm. The money hasn't disappeared. That makes for good economic conditions. Now it's just confidence. So we're just going to be waiting a little while until people feel more confident to, to let that liquidity come back into the markets and things like that. And, and I think the real stimulus would be for, for you know, people on Main Street to not be losing jobs because of what's going on, but for, for some of the bigger corporations that have done well to open up and get that money moving. So that's another conversation on a macroeconomic <laughs> level. Uh, I know we're talking about NFTs, but um, uh, in terms of the long-term outlook for NFTs, and, and the three to five year question, um, I, I think that the lowest uh, the lowest uh, barrier to entry with NFTs is to slap a picture in a smart contract, right? Mm-hmm. But what what's really uh, the groundwork that's been laid is for us to be able to, to uh, uh, transfer digital assets uh, or, or even physical assets through digital means uh, much easier. So what we're going to see is further adoption in other industries and markets. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a group of people about uh, the real estate market right now. And uh, tokenization of real assets and uh, and NFTs uh, governing that real asset class. Um, I think that uh, digital ownership of real world things is is a really compelling area. Um, I think that there's a lot of different applicable industries. So uh, you know, Vcon's coming up, right? Gary Vee is selling his passes to Vcon and an NFT. So why isn't every Ticketmaster uh, ticket event done with an NFT, right? Yeah. Um, I think the NFTs as an entry mechanism for whatever it is, whether it be a Discord, a board, a yacht club, or a community, um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more of that moving forward. We're already seeing it uh, starting out in the music space. I think there's a lot of ways to either tokenize uh, music consumption or, 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 you know, put musical assets in an NFT, things like that. You've heard a few of these things before, I'm sure, but I think that in the three to five year period, you know, we're going to see a, a lot more of those kinds of things. I, I do think that um, NFT gaming is, is a really interesting area. It'll be interesting to see like how the big AAA studios um, start to adopt it. You know, I mean, they, they're really, you know, there's a lot of love and hate relationships with NFTs in the world right now. Uh, a lot of people have been burned by uh, NFT makers. So that really sucks uh, for the space because there's a lot of good operators like us out there and others that are really trying to push the envelope and do cool things and, and, uh, and take care of each other along the way. Um, so, you know, we're hoping that more uh, quality providers continue to develop good things and, and that will be better for the space. But, you know, time will tell. Uh, I think we're going to, you know, the, the rock band analogy is probably the best one. For I like that, that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you ever, if you ever get tired of, of uh, working in the NFT space, you could, you could always find yourself as a market analyst. So that was a very thorough, um, you know, analysis of, <laughs> of the space right now. And, and then that three to five year pr- prediction there's uh, spot on. So you've always, you'll have no problem, you know, if you ever change, change. You can follow me at Bergy one on Twitter. There you go, a little plug. There you go. <laughs> the first people brand a little bit. It's B U R G H Y O N E, and uh, I'm planning on doing maybe some YouTube stuff and Twitter stuff. So I'd like to maybe talk to you guys about doing some collaborations on that. For sure, yeah, yep. things like that. So yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate the comment. Yeah, dude, that's perfect. And and you know, well, I got like one one ish question left, I think, uh, and then and then we can uh, you know uh, see what's next. See if you have any any questions for us, or you know, freestyle it a little bit. Um, 
but this is this is you know i'm sure people that follow you and and pay attention to your twitter and and see you as sort of a you know a thought leader i hate saying that but thought leader but i you certainly are <laughs> in the space you you know it inside out in a very short amount of time that's a uh, the gift of an autodidact that can just take information and put it in their brain. So this NFT space is so fresh and new. Uh, people like yourself are able to do that, put something together, and then run with it or have a true talent. So hats off to you on that front. But I wanted to I want to hear from you uh, about any projects that um, you know you're you're really excited about. Other NFT projects that you're bullish on that you're like this. These guys are doing a great job. Or these, you know, women, these people are doing a fantastic uh, job over here. Just one or two. You don't need to go into crazy de in depth on that one. But um, yeah, what are you what are you looking at these days? I think there's a lot of good stuff that's already existing out there. To be honest, um, you know, I haven't had my nose in the grindstone of what's coming around the corner as much. Right. I've been looking out for things that are that are interesting. But I feel like a lot of the hit uh, bands have already been born. And I think that there's a lot of compelling things going on. Um, any of the charity projects, like I'm kind of partial to, to be just because of the nature of like where we're coming from with this. Um, I, and I think that there's a lot of fun uh, projects out there doing that. I really like, I think if you're an entry level person coming into this space, I think Magic Mushroom Clubhouse is one of the best. I've looked at them all the time. Yeah, and the community one is the so friends. strong as well. They got such yeah. a big group of people in there. It's super cool. I've met a bunch of really good people from there. Like, so, honestly, so. I'm still talking to them, uh, consultants on the Reef Game Project and so on and so forth. And um, I just think that, like, uh, Brett, it really understands the spirit of what it takes to, like, to be a good founder. And, um, and he's a great influence on the space. And I think that that also, um, you know, having an influencer like Brett that can continually shine a spotlight on a project will really help maintain floor value. Um, and I'm not saying that that's the, the only reason. I think that there's so many great things going on in that community. They continue to innovate and they continue to come out with cool features and they keep continuing uh, to come up with ways to provide their holders with value, even at a, at a, at a, at a, at a not so expensive entry level price too. So it's easy to get into. Um, I think I think the other side guys uh, they screwed up that launch, but I think Google yeah. Labs is doing a lot of cool things. I did buy an other deed. We'll see when that group, comes group back. buy. <laughs> What's that? I did a group buy on that. I got two other two three other friends that we we bought one deed together just because oh, cool. it was so expensive. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I think long term, I think that that's going to be a, a good project. And some of the projects that Yuga's relating or that's that's brought under their umbrella, you know, I mean, all the floor prices are huge. I think even Crypto Toads is probably a couple of ETH or an ETH or more. But I think those things are going to be what you. I think what we're seeing right now is like a big consolidation in the marketplace where people oh, are sure, sort of yeah. getting rid of the smaller projects. Everything's going towards the blue chip projects. So they might sell off 10 F NFTs or 20 NFTs and then put it all into a blue chip because the blue chips have really kind of rose and risen in value a yeah. lot more lately. So less gambling on the smaller projects just based on, on, on experience probably is what's going on. You know, the, the other thing that's going on is, is the, uh, there's a lot of less liquidity right now because of the 160 million in, in gas fees that got eaten up by other deeds. So that was pretty irresponsible. I'm hoping that, you know, the big players don't do that kind of stuff. It really hurts the, the, the indie guys Small like us people. out there. And, yeah. uh, and it takes it takes the ability for for you know the, the smaller projects to to succeed. And I think it's really important that you have uh, you know uh, entry level projects like ours out there to help uh, drive the space forward and to innovate. You know uh, and really and really uh, 
make the space evolve. You need you need that kind of uh, ecosystem. Yeah, and it, it's very humble of you to describe your project as entry level. I I I, uh, I think you know you could probably describe it in a different way, but but certainly um, you know one of the final sort of pieces we wanted to, to capture from you today is a little bit about your agency and your Web three fund, sort of leading us down that pathway of what's happening tomorrow. What are these new projects that are coming out that are truly entry level need a little help? Um, how how does that work? How how does your your Web three fund maybe tell us a little bit about that that part of your your uh, your business there? Yeah, totally. So um, I'm actually partnering up with a fund manager uh, right now. We're putting the finishing touches on uh, the, the the thesis for the fund, um, and then the areas of opportunity that we're most focused on. Um, so we're we're going to be uh, raising for that round, and we have some people that are interested in it already. Um, you know, I've learned a lot about this space. I've been working uh, with startups in Silicon Beach for the last 15 years. Um, you know, I have equity in other companies and, and, and am an advisor to other companies as well. So I've always been passionate about the entrepreneurial spirit and, and the ability to create something that that's great. Um, and, I, and I love business. I run an imprint digital agency and, and we help businesses uh, launch, grow, brand, etc. Um, and, and it's just, it's just an area that I've always, I've always loved and been passionate about. Um, so I feel like, you know, it's been a lot of fun being a project founder, but I would really like to be able to support other concepts and other areas of the NFT space that are interesting, uh, NFT and crypto space that are interesting and blockchain as a whole, really. Um, and, uh, and I, 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 I've partnered up with a really good fund, uh, manager that, that likes, uh, my experience, uh, in the space and, and wants to, uh, to move forward. So we're going to be uh, looking at different uh, projects and technologies and different and things like that uh, across different uh, industries, um, not just like NFTs, collectibles and things like that, it, although we will be taking a look at, at those things. Um, and we're hoping to uh, potentially start, um, you know, doing some things on that front uh, in the near future. And we'll put this information in the right place in any iteration that it shows up in, in the, the social media world. Uh, but how can people, you know, relatively easily find you um, to, to access information about the Web3 fund and, and your agency there? Is there an easy way to do that? Just Twitter, find you on Twitter and go from there? Yeah, Twitter would be great. You just go to Bergie1, B-U-R-G-H-Y-O-N-E. Um, uh, and I think it's Bergie.eth, uh, is my, my new, uh, pseudonym over that at, uh, uh, name. So yeah, yeah. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm pretty responsive. I only have like 500 followers right now. So I'm just kind of starting on the personal brand side, uh, but all organic and, uh, yeah, you can just, you can, you can DM me there and, uh, I, I get back pretty quick. I'm on Twitter a lot these days. Very bullish on Twitter, by the way, uh, even before Elon, uh, uh, put in his bid to buy. Um, you know, I wasn't as uh, big on Twitter a few years ago, and it's really interesting to see what they've done, how much they're innovating, and the, the speed at, at which they're about to innovate is going to be huge. So if you've been on a lot of the other social platforms, I'd say, you know, spend a little more time on Twitter if, if social media is important to you. It's, it's definitely going to be going in a, in a good direction. I'm super excited to see what he comes out with first. It's going to be, he's going to come out with one big bang, I reckon, straight away, straight off the bat. Well, He's going to open source the uh, the algorithm. Yeah, that, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that displays how they actually do that, which I think should be mandatory by law for any social media outlet. I think uh, you know, true, just yeah. being that they are they they you know they they, they are a driving force of public perception for for you know billions of people. Uh, I think that's really a great, a, a, incredible that he's doing that. Like his uh, his. Uh, 
uh, what is it? Uh, altruism is, yeah. is, is unmatched in my opinion. I mean, he, you know, his, his primary goal is to make us a, a interplanetary species for the sustenance of our, of our survival. So, I mean, like th those kinds of people are, are going to tend to make good decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Leanne, I'll let you, I'll let you take us home. You, you brought us yeah. in. So you take us home. And, yeah, we're at, and, uh, we are at 45 yeah. minutes. We had a nice little session there. Um, but Bergie, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, this is our first ever podcast, so delighted to have you on for our first. Um, we might have to make a little anniversary episode, and we'll have you on back on like the fiftieth or something, and see yeah. where you are, what you're doing, and have a little hey, catch up. Here, yeah. yeah, yeah, or like in a year's <laughs> time, we'll have a year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll end it there. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on the podcast, and. Um, I'm, I wish you all the best of luck with um, Reef Game. I'll be in a community, don't worry. I'll be keeping a close eye out on that and I'll get in as much involved as I can. And yeah, with a web free uh, fund. For MCR trading fans and fans, if you just submit a ticket, awesome. say, call you on MCR, we'll whitelist anybody that's watching this. That as, is awesome. Uh, as, uh, no, uh, again, an investment in the community. But yeah, thank you for having me. Thank and, you uh, so you guys much. are great. I hope to, uh, I want to be a part of MCR as well. And uh, I heard you talk to Ben the other day, I introduced right? Yeah, yeah, we had a massive talk. He's um, he's he's done quite a lot already. He's got us a few people on the um, podcast and he's going to be helping out in the community. Um, he wants to start, like you, growing his own little personal brand. And yeah, he should, that should be a bit of, a bit of fun there. Um, but yeah, um, thank you for coming on and we'll end it there. Thank you for guys for watching and I'll see you on a second episode.